Hello, and welcome to the Calvary Road Baptist Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Shirley, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen. Each week, we will be releasing sermons and studies delivered directly from the pulpit at our church. Our goal with this podcast from Calvary Road Baptist Church is to make the gospel and sound biblical preaching more available to a wider audience. We hope that these sermons will be a blessing and an encouragement to you each week. As the scripture reads in Psalm 119 and verse 116, Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Now, let's hear from God's word. Joshua, book of Joshua in chapter 21. Some time back in my Bible reading, I, I was reading through uh, just my daily devotional reading. I was going through the book of Joshua. And uh, man, I'll tell you what, getting to the book of Joshua is a breath of fresh air after coming through the books of Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And the reason I say that, well, you know, and I don't say that because of all the law and all that stuff. I say that because, man, Numbers and Deuteronomy and, and, and even some of the book of Exodus, it just seems like it's over and over again how bad God's people are messing up. Again and again and again. And there is up and down and up and down through those passages, and that's, that's throughout the Bible. It's particularly bad in the book of Judges. But uh, the book of Joshua is a breath of fresh air in that it is a book of victory. It is a book that gives us really a great image of the victorious Christian life. Amen. Amen. Uh, you will hear often people talk about the promised land uh, and Canaan land. <clears throat> That's not to be confused with heaven. Heaven is not the promised land uh, in terms of a type in the Bible when you look at the land of Canaan. Uh, the land of Canaan, when they got there, they had to fight a lot of wars. Uh, I, I, that's not what heaven is. Amen. Heaven is an eternal rest. Uh, but the promised land is a picture, if you will, of a Christian who is where God wants them to be. Amen. It is the fulfilled Christian life. God's desire for the children of Israel when He pulled them out of Egypt was to place them in the, the land that He had set aside for them. The place where He wanted them to be doing what He wanted them to be doing and, and really being in the perfect will of God. Unfortunately, that generation that departed Egypt never experienced the perfect will of God in their lives. They only ever had the permissible will of God. That God used them, God still sent His Word to them, but they never knew what it was like to live in the place God wanted them to live in. And it was not because God didn't want them to. It was because of their disobedience that they never reached the promised land, that Canaan land, that land that floweth with milk and honey that God desired for them. But the generation that rose up after them, the generation after Moses had died that Joshua led into the land of Canaan, they are a perfect example of what it is like to live in the will of God, the perfect will of God, where He wants you to be and what He wants you to do. Amen. And I want to read this passage here at the end of Joshua chapter 21. Much has occurred through these first 21 chapters. And as we come down to this passage right here, uh, Joshua is going down through all the cities around them. And he is explaining how that they are going to be separated 
to this tribe and to that tribe and all of that throughout these few chapters as it leads into chapter 21 here. And as we come down to the very end of the chapter after reading through much of this, you know, and the truth is when you're reading your Bible and you get to a passage like Joshua chapter 19 and 20 and 21 and it, it almost tends to become a little bit monotonous, doesn't it? When you're just reading city name after city name after city name and you're just trying to soak all this in, and you're trying to pick the things out where maybe the Lord's trying to speak to you, which all the Bible is good, and I'm not saying that it's not, but let's all be honest, when I'm reading and I'm just reading six verses, and it just names a bunch of names, sometimes it just tends to wash over you, doesn't it? And you just read through it, and you get through it, and you go on. But I love chapter 21 where it's doing that, and it's talking about all the tribes, and it's talking about the cities, and going down, and then we get down to verse number 43. And the Lord says, in verse 43 to us, The Lord gave unto Israel all the land which He sware to give unto their fathers, and they possessed it and dwelt therein. And the Lord gave them rest round about, according to all that He sware unto their fathers. And there stood not a man of all their enemies before them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. And there failed not aught of any good thing, which the Lord had spoken unto the house of Israel. Look at this. All came to pass. All of it. What an encouraging passage of verses. It is such a stark contrast from what we know. And and honestly, really, if you read the first five books of the Bible, which span from the creation to God calling out the people of Israel right up to the foot of Canaan land where they were right there in, in, in the book of Numbers and ready to go in. And, and then they had to come back because of their disobedience and, and all their fathers had, had fallen. And, and these people that, that it's speaking of in Joshua chapter 21, uh, these people had endured watching their parents and their grandparents fall dead in the wilderness. They watched all that happen. And now finally, after all these years, 40 years in the wilderness and all these things, they have finally come, they have finally reached the place where God wants them to be, and they are seeing the promises of God come to fruition in their lives. What a wonderful thing to see the promises of God. Joshua 24, verse 31, as Joshua has come to the end of his life, it tells us there, in Joshua 24, 31, it said, Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that overlived Joshua and which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. The days of Moses after the people departed from Egypt, they were marred by unbelief and carnality and rebellion. And even though it should have been a time of great victory, that victory that they gained in escaping Egypt was short-lived because it was choked out by their unbelief and their rebellion against God. And this generation, some of them were there during those days. Some of them were born after that fact. After, I mean, they were born into a life where the only thing they ever knew was the wilderness. And everybody else, the only thing they had ever known was being a servant in Egypt or being in the wilderness, eating manna and struggling through life and and living and being blessed by God and provided for by God, but never seeing this great promise that they've heard about. Until now. They've seen what happens to a generation that's rebellious, and now they have come to the place where God wants them to be, and now they are seeing the fruit 
of a life that is lived with complete submission to God. That's what they're saying. Let me give you a couple thoughts about this, and we'll be done this morning. First, I want you to see the promise that was made. These people knew the promises of God. You better believe they sat around and heard the stories of all that had happened throughout their history. The children of Israel are very, very proud of their history and where they came from. And in, in Exodus chapter 3, we can see uh, the, the beginning, if you will, of the promise being brought home to this specific group of people. In Exodus 3, where the Lord revealed Himself unto Moses, and in verse 6 He said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I've surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. And listen, to bring them up out of that land unto a good land, and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. All the way back there in, in, in Exodus chapter 3, when the Lord came to Moses, and here's what he told him. He said, I'm going to send you, and you're going to get my people, and I'm going to deliver them to a land that is flowing with milk and honey. It's a, here's what he said, a good land. Amen. He said, I want to take them to a good land. And he said, not just a, a good land, but a large land, big enough for all of them. And they were a big number. They needed a lot of land. He wasn't going to sweet squeeze them onto a few acres. No, he had a, a land as far as he could see, like he'd shown Abraham that day. And he said, all this is going to be yours and your children's. All this land that I've set aside for your people, we can see this promise that was made. First, the legacy of this promise, how that it can be traced back all the way to the first man that God called out and raised up from him the nation that would be the children of Israel, and that was Abram. That God called Abram there in Genesis chapter 15, where it said in verse 18, the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land, from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates, the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Cadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephames, and the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. You know, I just want to mention this and go on. It's hilarious to me. That standing outside of the land of Canaan, those ten spies stood up and began to give what the Bible called an evil report of the land. And the reason they gave an evil report is because these people were there. When the first time God ever told anybody He was going to put them there, He told them, these are the people that's going to be there, and I'm going to take it from them and give it to you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. God never told us it was going to be easy-peasy, no troubles, no trials. He said, count it not strange when you fall into divers' temptations. Amen. He said, hard times are going to come. The evil day, the difficult times, they are going to come. And when they do, you're going to have to face them with grace and with patience. He didn't tell the children of Israel, you're going to walk in, it's going to be open, nobody's there, and you can start from scratch. He said, I'm taking you where these people are, and I'm going to give you their land. Amen. That was the legacy of the promise that they had heard throughout all their lives about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and how that God had promised to make a nation out of them. Amen. That's the legacy of the promise. Then we see the longevity of the promise. 
Because what you got to understand is this has been a lot of years. A lot of years since that promise came, many of which were spent in Egypt. And the longer they were in Egypt, the worse their life got. When it started out when Joseph was there and he was under Pharaoh and Israel came into Egypt, things were good for them. They, uh, Joseph was in a, a position of power and he even brought God to the hearts of many of those Egyptians in that place. And, and it was a good time for Israel. But the longer they were there, there came a Pharaoh that knew not the Lord or the God of Joseph. And then things got worse and worse and worse to the point that they were under taskmasters. They were slaves. Amen. Oppressed. Being oppressed for, for who they were and, 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 and killing their children. Amen. And it got worse and worse and worse. But as all that's going on, I ha- you have to understand that they had that promise always in the back of their mind. That God had told them this was going to happen. And their parents would tell the stories. And their grandparents would tell the stories. And then God shows up to Moses. He said, hey, guess what, Moses? It's time. I'm going to send you in. I'm going to take them. And I'm going to take them to this place. It's a good land. It's a large land. And then he tells them who's going to be there. The Amorites. All these ones that he told Abraham. He said they're going to be there. The Perizzites, Hittites. But when you go in, I'm going to take it from them. And I'm going to give it to you. And the longevity of the promise. Hebrews 11:13 tells us this. Speaking of all these patriarchs. He said they all died in faith. Not having received the promises. But having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims of the earth. Even though those old, uh, those old fathers of the faith had never seen the promise with their eyes, they died still believing. We see the love of this promise. In spite of years of waiting, and an abundance of wickedness. I mean, you study the history of, the history of Israel. Here's the truth. They were not all great. They were not all great people. In fact, many of them made some pretty terrible mistakes. Just go study the 12 sons of Jacob, and you'll find there are some really messed up things that went on. And these are the fathers of the 12 tribes of Israel. Some really messed up stuff is happening. And and, and I mean, God is looking down. At any point, He could have just repented and turned and went and found somebody else. And at times, He thought about it. But because of His love, He never did. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, and verse 7 says this, The Lord did not set His love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than any people, for you were the fewest of all the people. But because the Lord loved you, because He would keep the oath which He'd sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh the king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love Him, and keep his commandments to a thousand generations, and repayeth them that hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not slack to them, to him that hateth him. He will repay him to his face. Here is what Moses wrote there in the book of Deuteronomy. God didn't choose you because you were so great. Amen. God didn't choose me because I was so great, because I was so strong or so smart or so charismatic. And he didn't choose you because you're such a good singer or because you're so pretty. He chose you because He loves you. Because it pleased Him to show you mercy, just like He did them. They were the smallest among all their people. Just a little, small group of folk with no power really. All kinds of faults. But He loved them. And so He made a covenant with them, and He said, I'm going to keep that which I promised 
And that is the promise that was made by God to these people. Now, all this time has passed. There's been a lot of things that's happened. A lot of failures, a lot of backwards and forwards. In Joshua chapter 1, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, a minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, into the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. And there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Amen. Amen. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. That's what God told Joshua the day he started as leader of Israel. Joshua, y'all are going to march in. You're going to face enemies. Everywhere your footsteps, from that river to that coast, is yours. And you're going to divide, you're going to divide it as an inheritance to all my people, and I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to do that. Be strong. Be of good courage. Strengthen your heart. Keep going. And then he said this, don't turn to the left. Don't turn to the right. Do as according to the law and live right and serve me. And you're going to prosper wherever you go. That's what God told Joshua. And that's what Joshua told the people of Israel. And so you know what they did? They listened. They believed. When the man of God stood up and explained that this is how things were, and if they would listen that God would prosper them, and He would provide for them, they believed Him. So we're looking at the provision that was meted. That word meted means passed out, handed out, and distributed. And that's exactly what God began to do. And from Joshua chapter 1, down through Joshua chapter 21, and even beyond that, a little bit further, God began to do exactly what He said He would do. Here's what he did. We see first that their land was given to them. In, in, in our, our, uh, our text verse we read in Joshua 21, the first part of verse 43 said this, And the Lord gave unto Israel all the land which He sware to give unto their fathers. God had promised them this place, a land, amen, that wherever their foot would trod, that this place between here and there, that all they could see, that that land would be theirs. And guess what? He gave it to them. Amen. He's given it to them. In these verses preceding this passage, he is saying, this place is for your tribe, this place is for your tribe, and this place is for your tribe. And God has given them the land, and he's done it miraculously. He has brought down cities, walking around it and hollering out with a trumpet, and the walls fall down. Amen. He has allowed them to defeat enemies that are way stronger and way bigger and way more powerful than them. You know why? Because God told Joshua, day one, 
no enemy will ever be able to stand against you if you'll go with me. Amen. When Joshua and Caleb, who were there, by the way, when those sorry ten spies lied about the land that God had provided for them, Caleb said, yeah, we can do this. God will deliver them into our hands. That's what they were supposed to do. Go in, walk in, and God would take the land and give it to them. And as Joshua stood before those people, I guarantee you, he brought it up. I was there. I've seen it. I've seen this whole land. We spied it out for 40 days. And I've seen it. But guess what? There's giants in the land. But those giants are nothing to our God. And the difference is this. They believed it. Are y'all listening to me? They believed it. God give them the land. What those ten unbelieving spies at Kadesh Barnea said could never happen, did happen. Because Joshua and the people believed God and obeyed His Word. Amen. Isn't that right? Their land was given. They're not just their land, but their home. I think sometimes we think about that land and, and how big it is and all that. But here's what you've got to understand. These people have only known two lifestyles. Slaves and sojourners. They were either slaves in Egypt with whatever they were given which was very little, mistreated, hiding their, their male children when they were born so they wouldn't be murdered, and living a life of fear and growing up that way to being out in the wilderness, in the dry, hot desert land, nowhere to lay their head, living out of tents, constantly walking and marching in circles in the wilderness and seeing their family dies. They didn't know what it meant to have a home. Amen. They didn't know what it meant to have a house and a bed and somewhere to go and lay your head. But you know what verse 43 said? It said, The Lord gave Israel all the land which He swore to give unto their fathers, and they possessed it and dwelt therein. The journey was over. No more wandering. No more looking and hoping. But no more thinking, one day I'll figure this out, or, or one day I'll be where God wants me to be, but knowing that right now, they're where God wanted them to be. That they were living in the promises of God with a home that was their home. Amen. You've got to think, they've dreamt about this for years. They've seen their loved ones die, and they've seen what sin does to a life, and now they got their own home. They're living in houses they didn't build. They're plucking from vineyards they didn't plant. They've got cattle they didn't raise. It's all theirs. It's theirs. It's theirs because God has given it to them, and they've got a home. Not just a land, but a home was given. Verse 43. And the Lord gave them rest. From the time they'd entered into Canaan there in Joshua chapter 21, they didn't start out restfully. They started out with war. The book of Joshua is a book of war. It's a book of a, of a godly war of God leading them through into the place He wants them to be and facing the opposition that stands in their way. And it involves marching, it involves battling, and it involves going and going. And you got to know it was tiresome. you got to know it was difficult. Otherwise, why would God say be of good courage, be very courageous? Because it was going to be scary. Because sometimes when God wants to take you somewhere new and take you into where He wants you to be, it can be scary. It can. But God said, be very courageous. Be of good courage. Strengthen thine heart because he had something he wanted them to do. 
They didn't walk into Canaan and go sit down. There was a little bit of fighting that had to go on. A little bit of obedience and following God and pushing through. But then, one day came when the lamb was given to them and the home was given to them. And you know what they got? Rest. Rest. The worry was over. The fear. They didn't have to fear anymore. Oh yeah, there would be other people who might raise up their heads and try to battle them, but they'd seen God do it so many times now. They could just rest on God. Rest is trust. Rest is laying it all down. Amen. You can't rest when you're in fear. You can't rest when you're, when you're stressing. Y'all know it's like when you go home and you've had a long day and you're looking at a long day tomorrow and you're worried about this at work or you're worried about this loved one or this and it's going on in that one and, and you lay down and you just can't get your mind to stop. That's not what this was. No, they were given rest. The fear was gone. The worry was gone. And as they looked around, all they could see were the blessings of God. And they rested. Amen. What a wonderful thing that a Christian just like them can look around and see that they're where God wants them to be. Doing what God wants them to do. Right where God wants to take them and they can rest. Amen. Their land was given. Their home was given. Their rest was given. Then in verse 44, the last part says this. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. Their victory was given. The land was theirs, the homes, the rest. And there, but there would still be enemies, like I said, who'd rise up. This was not, if you will, the final test. And they never had any other test forever. But they knew they could trust God now. And they knew that victory was in their hand. And they did not doubt. In fact, we know they served God all the days of Joshua and all the days of all the elders that outlived Joshua. That this generation... Right here, this pocket of people are a picture of what we can be when we trust God together. Amen. That God can lead us into a large land, a good land that floweth with milk and honey, and He can take us where He wants us to go and to do what He wants to do with us. And that even when the enemies will crop their head up, we can know that the Bible teaches that the Lord... Greater is he that's in us than he is in the world. 1 John 4, 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know what that means? We've already got the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. Victory in Jesus. Not, man, one day we'll have victory. No, we have victory right now. That we've already won. That he is... Declared the end from the beginning, and, and we can have this. Amen. You can have this. You can. I can have this. Calvary Road Baptist Church can have victory and rest, and that God can, can take us forward and, and give us the things He wants us to have. Amen. That we can win the battles that He wants us to win. Amen. We can do that. You and I, together, we can do that. We can. God's promises can be trusted no matter what the circumstances might be. I guarantee there were some people in the group when they were marching around Israel and nobody, nobody was allowed to say a word. You know, we talk about how miraculous it is that they, or that last time they blew those trumpets and the walls came down. It's pretty miraculous that all those people could walk around and nobody say a word too. That's pretty miraculous. Amen. That many people... You better believe there was at least, at least one or two looking around going, man, I'd like to complain about this. 
But you know what happened? God told them that they should not say a word, so they didn't. Because they believed God. They, they said, this sounds silly, but we're just going to believe God. Man, this sounds crazy. But it's what the Lord told Joshua. We trust Joshua, we trust God. And when the walls came down, you better believe there was some people looking around going, look what just happened. It happened just like he said it would. And they learned that you can trust the promises of God. You can trust the promises of God. You can. We've seen the promise that was made and the provision that was meted by God to these people. But then I want you to see finally the purpose of the message. And we'll be done. That last verse said, There failed not aught of any good thing which the Lord had spoken unto the house of Israel. All came to pass. Every good thing that God said He would do, He did it. He was good in their lives. He blessed them. He fulfilled the promise that He promised their fathers in them. The one that Abraham looked for, they saw it. The one that Isaac and Jacob looked for, that Joseph looked for, they saw it. The one that Moses looked for, where they left him up on that mountain as they crossed over into Canaan, they saw it. All came to pass. But why? If you read that verse, here's what it says. All, every good thing. He didn't, he didn't fail in a single good thing. But if you look back at verse 43, here's what we know about those good things that the Lord said spoken unto the house of Israel. The Lord gave unto Israel all that land which He sware to give unto their fathers. Their fathers didn't see the land. And God kept His promise by giving it to their children. Because he told Abraham, day one, I'm going to give it to your seed. Because he knew that the day wasn't today. He wasn't going to make his nation as the sands of the sea or the stars of the sky by the end of his lifespan. But it was going to happen. And they would have all this land. They'd be a great nation. They would be God's people. And that was going to happen. But here's what you've got to understand. This could have been Moses. Could this have been Moses and not Joshua? This could have been their parents and their grandparents. This could have been the men and women that marched across dry land with the Red Sea on either side. And there were some children there that day who were here this day with their mom and their dad who, by the way, came out the other side and sang the song of victory with Moses and Miriam. Never saw Canaan. I want you to see the people that God chose he chose their fathers. He sent Moses to get them, didn't he? In Exodus chapter 3, that generation that Moses went and told all those promises, Pharaoh, let my people go, the ten plagues, the Red Sea, the water out of the rock, the manna from heaven, all that stuff, that was not for the generation of Joshua. That was for the generation of Moses. 
They're the ones who saw all those things happen, saw all those things come to pass, saw the rod of God and Joshua down there with all the other fighters fighting and the victory of God over all their enemies. They saw all that stuff. God chose them and wanted to give them the promised land. But they never got it. It wasn't because God didn't want them to have it. It was because they did not believe God. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says this, Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Did y'all hear that? Without faith, faith, we know Hebrews chapter 11 verse number 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You know what faith is not? Faith is not trusting that that pew is a color of blue. Because I know it is. I know it because my eyes have seen it. Faith is trusting what maybe sometimes you don't really understand. Because you trust God. It's trusting the one who said it, putting your faith in it. When I stand before God and I give an account, I will have only one defense. And that's my faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. If the accuser were to be there and start naming off all the things I'd done, you know what? I'd only have one thing to say. I'm guilty. I've done all those things. The only defense that I have is that I put my trust in the finished work of Calvary. And that because Jesus died for my sins and that He said that uh, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, that I've trusted Him and He is my only salvation. Amen. That's faith. I'm trusting in Him. And the children of Israel saw the miracles of God and still didn't have faith in Him. They saw God part the seas and defeat their enemies and send the plagues and rescue them out of their distresses and send bread from heaven and water out of the rocks. But they couldn't believe that He would give them that promised land. And as they stood outside the land, you say, well, you know what, them ten spies, they just convinced them. No, it was already in their hearts their wicked hearts, to turn against God. Because they had two faithful men who stood up and rent their garments and said, we can go now. Let us go at once, Caleb said. We can take it. God's going to give it to us. And they didn't listen. They hated them in their hearts. They hated Moses. They hated Aaron. And they turned from God. And then God looked down at them and He said, you know what? Your carcasses shall fall in the wilderness. And that was it. They missed out on the promises of God. What's the difference between that generation and the generation with Joshua? The difference is this, that this generation did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord. They served the Lord God all the days of Joshua, all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, which had known all the works of the Lord that He had done for Israel. They'd seen all that God had done. They saw the promised land before them. And unlike their wicked fathers, they believed God. Because without faith it's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is. And that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. That's the people that God chose. We see the power that they claimed. 1 John 5, 4 says this, 
For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. It was their belief in God. Now God told Joshua, when y'all are going through this land and you're serving me, don't turn to the right or the left, but follow the law. Follow the law. Follow the law. God wanted them to follow the law, but I can tell you this, they failed. They broke the law. You better believe one of them said something they shouldn't have said, touched something they shouldn't have touched, did something they shouldn't have done. They were not perfect, sinless people. No way. If they were, there would have been no reason for Jesus to come. Because just as this generation fulfilled the law. That's not what happened. No, they fulfilled the law in that they sinned and then they repented and sacrificed for those sins. Yes, they stayed with the law and they tried to live for God in spite of their weaknesses. What set them apart was not their perfection in their walk with God. It was their faith in God. They believed God. They put their faith in Him and in Joshua and what God told God's man. They walked and they trusted and they had faith and they went forward. And because of that, they saw all come to pass. Isn't that what it said? All came to pass. That God did not withhold any good thing from them. Didn't mean they never had hard times. But God did not hold a single good thing. Why? Because it was because of their faith. The difference between the people and those who denied God at Kadesh Barnea was their faith. We see the promise was complete. God didn't do some of what He said He'd do. He did all of it. A land, home, rest. Victory. And on top of that, every good thing. Doesn't that sound good? So, well, this sounds like a prosperity gospel. No, no, no. They still had to fight wars. But they did so courageously. They did so with victory in their hearts because they knew, yeah, we're going into this battle. Man, those Amalekites, those Amorites, they're big. But you know what? Our God's bigger. The same faith that you saw in David when he stood and said, is there not a cause? That's the faith that was in the hearts of Joshua and these people. The same faith of Jonathan when he looked around when they were all down there and they were just hanging out by the tree nobody's doing anything and half the Israelites hiding in caves. He looked around and said, you know what, armor bearer, let's go up here. It may be that God will do a work by us. It's the same faith, the same courage that was in them when they stood against the enemies of God and walked forward trusting in God saying, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I know this. I'm on God's side and He's on my side. Or, will we be like that generation? Yeah, God kept their clothes from falling apart. God gave them food every morning. But they never saw rest. They never had home. They never had that land. And they never had victory. And they died having never received the promise. Why? Because they lacked faith. Do you have victory? Are you seeking for God to fulfill some of His promises in your life? I am. I've been blessed. I've been greatly blessed. Way beyond what I deserve, but I'm still breathing. 
there's still some things I want to see God do in my life. Amen? There's still some things that I want to see God do in this church, in the ministry. I've got people that I know who I want to see saved, who I want to see in church. I want to see victory. Amen? I want to see growth and rest and home. And I I want a large land. And I, I, I want the promises of God. I want these things that, that God has put in my heart and put in my, my life, these big goals, these giants that I want to see God bring down in my life, I'm still looking for those promises. God forbid if I never see them because I don't have faith. Because I won't go where He wants me to go and be what He wants me to be and stick with it and have faith and submission to God. God told Joshua, be courageous, go forward, trust me, don't depart to the right or the left. Stick with me. Do what's right. Walk with God. Have faith and you will see the fulfillment of the promises of God. Let's all stand. I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what your, what your vision is in your life or what God you want to see God do in your home or, or what you want to see God do in, the, in your ministry or what you want to see God do. But I can tell you this, it will never happen without faith. It'll never happen without walking in the Spirit, walking with God, trusting God, and staying with God. It'll never happen. Never. Say, well, I'll be fine. Their carcasses fell in the wilderness. They never saw peace, joy, and, and, and rest like this generation did. You can have victory this morning. There's no reason to walk around with a defeated heart when you've got the God of all heaven and His Holy Spirit living inside your heart. There's no reason to be downtrodden and despondent and just low in spirit and just depressed all the time about everything going on around us. They walked into a hostile land and had rest. They walked into a hostile land and saw the victory of God. You can do the same thing. How's your faith this morning? Do you have a vision? Is there a promised land in your life? Is there something you still want to see? God wants to do great things, but He's not going to do it without faith. That first generation had every opportunity to see the miracles of God. Every opportunity to see the fulfillment of the promises of God, they just didn't believe Him. They were more interested in their wants and their little things than they were in what God wanted for them. I hope that's not you this morning. I want our church to be like this generation. I want our church to have the victory of God, to have faith in God, to defeat all of our enemies. I, I, don't want God, I don't want God to withhold a single good thing from our church. Don't let your faithlessness be the reason. Don't let your weakness be the reason. Bow down before God. Repent of your sin. Ask God, just like that man stood before the Lord Jesus, and he said, I believe, Lord, help thou my unbelief. Ask Him for faith. Ask Him to strengthen your heart. Ask Him for courage. Ask Him to, to do the big things in your life, the things that maybe... Just like those spies, you've begun to look around and say, oh, it'll never happen. 
I'll never see this one back in church. I'll never see this one get saved. God, God won't do that for me. Don't, don't have that heart. Have courage. Be very courageous. Trust in the Lord. And have faith. And walk in faith. God can do great, mighty, and powerful things if we will just believe Him. Put our trust in Him. Father in heaven, Lord, we are so thankful, Lord, for Your Word. God, we are thankful, God, that... Uh, God, that you are mighty, that you're big, that you're God. Thankful, God, Lord, that you are uh, unable to lie, Lord. The Bible tells us it is impossible for God to lie. And God, Lord, that you've told us you'll never leave us, Lord. You'll never forsake us. God, that we will, if we will pray according to your will, God, that you'll meet with us there. God, Lord, I'm so thankful, God, today that we can have victory. I'm so thankful, Lord, that we can have home. And we can have the blessings of God. We can have rest even, Lord, in difficult times that we can trust you and have peace, Lord God. I pray this morning, please, God, if there's one in the sound of my voice, God, who has no peace, God, I pray, give them peace. Show them, Lord, that their faith, God, is their greatest asset, Lord, in marching forward, God, that we have to trust in you, God, going forward, God, that you are a rewarder of those that diligently seek you, Lord God. God, that you are not going to move on behalf of those who have no faith. Help us, Lord, to believe. Help us to have faith. Help us to trust. Help each one of us, Lord, in our homes. Help our children. Help our family members. Help our friends. God, speak to us and show us, Lord, how that we can be a soldier. God, in this spiritual warfare, God, lead us, Lord, into victory. God, bless our church. Help us, God, to go forth to accomplish your goals in faith. How we need you, Lord. We ask these things according to your riches in glory. We love you. We trust you in Jesus' name. Thank you again for listening to the Calvary Road Baptist Church podcast. If you would like to learn more about our church in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, you can find the link to our website in the show notes to www.calvaryroadbaptistchurch.com. We're so thankful that you've taken the time to listen to today's sermon, and we hope that the Lord will use it to edify you in the faith. If you'd like to help spread the word about this podcast, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts or by telling a friend. Thank you again, and have a blessed day in the Lord. Thank you.